Welcome to Chick Stalking Drag, hosted by Gabby and Anna. Welcome to RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. This is the podcast you didn't know you needed until now. Beware of spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome back to Chick Stalking Drag. This is the very last episode of season one of RuPaul Drag Race Down Under. Of course, I am Gabby and my favorite co-host is Anna. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored that I'm your favorite. Can I get a medal for that? <laughs> You're the only co-host. Yeah, exactly. But still, I still want a medal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, like I said, this is the last episode. So it is Coronation Day. We are going to crown a winner. And uh, first up, the episode starts with the girls coming back into the workroom after Electra leaves. And Electra left a message on the mirror saying that only the winner could beat her. And uh, is this a premonition? I really, 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 really want it to be. If you guys don't know who lip sync against Electra last week, then of course you should actually go and double check our previous episode so that you can be up to speed. So Kita says that the winning was actually a bittersweet situation because she really loves Electra. They're really good friends outside of RuPaul Drag Race. And the other girls actually say that they saw Electra kind of giving up during this lip sync and purposefully doing so because um, it, it is true that there were less splits and shablams and it kind of makes sense like it, it feels like she was like i know i won't win if i let you stay in the game maybe you can win but we do get into a more comfortable moment in which the girls still describe art as a plus one so it, this is our top three <laughs> Plus art. Shady. <laughs> you know these queens. You know these girls. They will always be shady. Oh, I mean, they will cut a bitch for sure. 100%. But yeah, they do actually start to count down who won what, who won how many times, how many times people were at the bottom and so forth. But we're just going to focus on the wings this time around. So Scarlett has three wings in the bag. Kita has one. Karin has one. And Art has zero. So Scarlett would be the front runner. But of course, this mm. group of drag race, so nothing is confirmed. Nothing is as it seems. And we know because this season has showed us that nothing is as it seems. But also, sometimes it's not about the amount of wins that you have. It's about who Rue decides to crown in that moment. If you look at cases like Shea Coulee versus Sasha Velour, for example, or... Even in UK Drag Race with Bimini Bumbulash and Lawrence Cheney. Obviously, Bimini performed extremely well during the second half of the competition and people thought that she was going to take the crown, but she didn't. Lawrence did. So it just goes to show you can always expect the unexpected when it comes to RuPaul's Drag Race. And I think that's what makes it exciting, you know? Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Otherwise, there's no... Like, if you can predict what's going to happen, it makes no sense watching it. But the girls actually come back the next day and they just go through some of the memories from this season. And you guys, we're going to go through the memories as well, but not today <laughs> because we don't have the time. <laughs> no. We're going to have like a last episode with, in between Spain and Down Under and we're just going to tell it like it is, just our final thoughts on both 
but not right now. Exactly. But not right now because we've got to talk about this finale's maxi challenge. And in many ways, this grand finale feels a little like a vision of what this season could have been. The challenge, which is an obligatory remix and dance number, is a classic, of course. We all know that Rue loves to do a little song and dance with the contestants, and I'm here for him. And it's a classic. There's a little cattiness, but unlike other episodes during this season, there is an all-out bullying. It's quite, it's quite tame. And of course, the outfits are gorgeous, large, and... It feels like there's a connection between the girls and the judges, which hasn't always come through in Drag Race Down Under. But before the maxi challenge begins, we get a Zoom cameo experience from the one and only Olivia Newton-John and her daughter, Chloe Latinenzi. So apparently her daughter, Chloe, is quite well known for the many surgeries that she's had. Um, Not that that's relevant, but, you know, just in case you wanted to know who that was. And I just want to say that Olivia Newton-John looks absolutely unreal. Like, how does she look that good? I want to look that good at at her age. But, you know, the thing I love about a Rumix Maxi Challenge is that there's so many different components to it. You have the singing or the rapping, depending on the queen that's doing it. You have the performance. So there's choreography, there's looks, there's fashion, there's personality. And it's a great way to well, Rumix, a Rue classic, and show us why they in particular deserve to win. And I think that's really fun. And this year's song is I'm a Winner Baby, <laughs> which is a really fun song. You might have heard it on the runway a few times. And it's choreographed by Lance Savalli, a choreographer who is a king, a legend, He is fabulous and not afraid of colour. And also Elvis, his assistant. So keep an eye out for that when we get into rehearsals and coaching a little later in the episode. As usual in the finale, and probably one of my favourite parts of the season, to be honest, is the sit-down brunch with Rue. Sorry, (laughs) I meant sit-down lunch with Rue. I think I just coined a new term. We're going to go to brunch with Rue, and it's going to be Rue-tastic. Yes, I'm cheesy. Sorry. And this, honestly, is what makes, you know, the finale episode so special for me because I I really love how, you know, the top four queens get a chance to have a sit-down lunch. And this time it consists of a Jaffa, which is a local spin onto the traditional Tic Tac lunch with Rue and Michelle. And the conversations feel more raw and less produced than it has the rest of the season. And that's what I really like about it. Uh, But Gabby, tell us about Scarlett's sit down. Oh, well, Scarlett opens up. And uh, if she never did blackface, I would actually like her she talks about uh, her mom being a single mom and actually being like her strength and she also confessed the most beautiful thing that I ever heard any participant of Drag Race ever received before going into the show so basically her partner gave her a package full of letters from her loved ones and um, every episode she opens one and she reads it and there are words of encouragement and words of appreciation for what, who she is and what she does. But Scarlett asks RuPaul and Michelle what their suggestion is once you get out of the show and you get back into the real world. 
And Rue says that once she gets outside, she needs to check herself and she needs to remember what's good in her life and not spiral into negative thoughts. And I think this is very true because I think that every time that, that like Raven comes uh, out and chat, RuPaul comes out and chat, any famous person comes out and chat, they always say, don't read the comment section of anything because uh, trolls are everywhere and they're going to try to ruin your positive life and your positive outlook in your life and everything that is beautiful in your life, they're going to try to take it and spin it in a way that will make you think that they're negative things and they will make you spiral into negative thoughts. So I really, really enjoyed this moment. And I think it's very fitting for Scarlett to double check on that because right now she is receiving savagery. <laughs> but next yeah. up there is Art Simone. Do you want to take us away with Art Simone? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously it was really great to see that kind of nuanced side of Scarlett. Uh, it's a shame what she'd done in her very recent past, unfortunately. But Art's interview was one that I felt hit the hardest out of the four queens. And this was definitely an episode where there was like trauma offload because Rue is literally like Oprah, a, a spiritual leader, a luminary. Like when you listen to Rue speak, it's just literally like you're being transported to a new world. But Art talks about how she is the main breadwinner of the family. And the, the judges are just like, no, girl, you need to start looking after yourself. Um, you know, this portion of the competition is always really emotional, of course. But there's never been, I would say, an interaction as two-way as this, where the judges actively counsel a contestant. And I really felt like it was a therapeutic counseling session. Like When you looked at art, it was literally like a light bulb had gone off in her mind because she was literally like, you know what? Like, I never thought about it from this perspective before. It's like, you can't always look after other people if you're not looking up after yourself and I think that art was really like taken aback by the conversation but in a good way because it was a sweet tough love moment from room Michelle you know the kind of unproduced interaction this season could have used a lot more of and it also helped you see art in a more vulnerable softer way which I think is very much needed and so I, I that's why I really really liked that moment because I was like it wasn't your typical trauma story, right? It was something that a lot of us can relate to, you know, feeling like we can't invest time and energy into ourselves. So that's really important. Next up, actually, there's Karen. And, uh, you know, it's quite weird that I chose to speak about the two problematic queens when you are <laughs> not speaking about any pro that um, we'll need to check on that but next up is karen who talks about losing her mom at the age of 14 and i think that kind of shaped her quite a bit because what she explained is that she ended up in a house full of men and this men were butchmen and they would be interested in soccer and football and uh, rugby and cars and she of course had this more femme nature and that's why she created Karen from finance and um, she explains that the restrictions that she created for Karen of course are to allow herself to be in control 
but now she has got to a point in which she feels like she basically created her own box and she can uh, not manage to branch from it except for last week where she introduced us to Karen from Bondage so <laughs> that is something new she also expresses her dream which uh, would be to create a show with all drag office characters but like having this show with all of these drag characters it would be manic I, I, I'm telling you so I wish her good luck at this point because there's no point wishing bad things to people and everyone goes through their own struggles and makes their own mistakes. So yeah, let's see what's next for Karen. But lastly, but most certainly not leastly, we have Kita. And Kita, as we all know, is fabulous. I love Kita. I'm not going to make any qualms about it. She is a kind and wonderful soul and an honestly really refreshing for this season, which has been full of bitchiness. It's really nice to have that balancing character, honestly speaking. And actually, when you hear about Kida's backstory, to see how sweet and kind she is today, she literally could have gone the other way, but that is just not the way that Kida rolls. And she talks about her parents' divorce, during which she was forced to live with her father and separated from her sister, which caused her lasting harm. And it's true. Separation as a kid is very difficult. And not having that nuclear family unit is, again, something that I can relate to. So I, I completely understand how she feels about having to be separated from her sister and living with her father, who she didn't necessarily have an amazing relationship with and this does seem to be a common topic of discussion with queer men that there is often a quite difficult relationship with their fathers and whether that's because their fathers have you know this idea of how masculinity should be or should be presented it's really dependent on the individual but I think it's great that Keita has shown that actually when you come from a place of trauma you don't need to put a wall up Instead, you can show love, you can let people in. And of course, from Kira as well, we also do get a chat about her weight loss and the deeper issues it came from. But I kind of have a problem with this being brought up again, because this is something that seems to be a continuous topic of discussion from the judges. And I'm just like, I don't think that Kira's weight loss is what defines her, right? Obviously, she has lost a lot of weight and she looks amazing, but what mm -hmm. defines Kita is her love and light. Um, from my point of view, I feel like the reason why they do mention it every time is because it can come with body dysmorphia. And uh, we've spoken about body dysmorphia in, uh, in Drag Race España, and uh, that comes with a lot of qualms. It does. And I think that's it's not about how depressed she could be or how, of course, difficult and challenging it is. But I think is uh, also to check on her because she did express that she wasn't comfortable being around people naked. And also she did express that she still feels like sometimes she still has that weight even though she has left it. So even though it might sound like they just put it there, it is also a way for them to check on her and how she's doing mentally you actually could be right I, I wasn't thinking about it from the perspective of them 
checking in. I guess we're always used to looking at the judges as kind of like entertainment hosts being like, how do we produce a good storyline? But it probably is an element of that because we know that this season has been very overproduced. I hope they're genuinely invested in her self-care and health and well-being. But we do get into rehearsals. But when it comes for the queens to be coached through their dance moves, oof, oh boy, do we get the same messiness that we've had throughout this season. Let's face it, apart from Scarlett, none of them are dancers, okay? Which is not a bad thing. Karen is dancing like a Karen and needs to dance like a Karen. I mean, what does that mean? I have, I have no idea. And... And Art can't stop saying nunny and is horrified that her dance moves involve so much nunny touching. And I'm just like, yeah, how is this going to translate into um, the main challenge? Because these moves are not looking lit. Like, Karen, you are a white girl. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But um, you cannot dance, unfortunately. However, what you do have is personality. So, you know, that could work in your favor. Remember Kim Chi in season eight, who was notoriously not a dancer, yeah. but she was playing that really geeky character um, and somehow pulled it off and wasn't even lip syncing. It's just about how you sell a performance, right? 100%. I do agree with every single word that you said. And, uh, and I just want to quote art by saying one word, gyration. So we do get into Coronation Day, and this time around, the word current preparation chat are actually quite juicy. This episode is full of emotion. I get so emotional, oh, baby, every time. Oh my God, mm-hmm. yes. So of course, we start up talking about what the girls have been talking about with Rue and Michelle, because at the end of the day, after such an emotional encounter, and a conversation, you do want to like debrief. You, it, there is a, a need for that. And uh, Kika is the first person to start and she opens up about her past. And uh, we already spoke about her past, so I don't think we should uh, dwell on it too much. But Karen does the same. But Scarlett and Art speak about their relationship with their father. And I think this difficult uh, relationship also showing the person that they are now. So Scarlett, for example, like I mentioned earlier, she comes from a a single mother household and she explains that she didn't meet her father ever until she got to the age of 16. They spent two months together. At the end of the second month, the father discovers that Scarlett is a gay man and disappear in the fucking ticker where it came from. And uh, something very similar happened to Art. Exactly. And uh, this is a very difficult situation to grow up with. And I know exactly how they feel. Not because my father disappeared because of my sexuality. Because at the time I didn't know my sexuality. But because my father disappeared in the fucking teen hair. And that is a choice that they make. And it fucking hurts. It really, really fucking hurts. But I... I don't want to take away all the time. Anna, please go ahead. No, Gabby, you know what? Like I completely identify with that kind of loss of having that father identity in your life. But that's why I really resonated with what Scarlett and um, Art had to say, because I was like, it really is hard growing up, um, you know, without a parent or without both parents is even, is even worse, you know, which I have personal experience with. But 
it doesn't mean that just because they're gay that their fathers should be like no you know what fuck off what so what if your sons are gay embrace them they are fabulous they are queer they are here and it's your loss at the end of the day and to be honest scarlet and art are better off without their dads but and art was you know appreciative of this because he's like well at the end of the day i'm the one that's been in the magazines and the newspapers um online publications and look now i'm literally on national tv i mean it's rupaul's drag race that's like the biggest stage out there right now so if his dad didn't want to see him before well tough tits because because our simone is going to be everywhere and i'm so fucking glad for that but we do get onto the main stage finally Ooh. and uh, rue is looking like a snack thank so, god because you hated it last week i swear to god i think they did it on purpose because they wanted me to hate everything about the episode enough about last episode this episode she's wearing this single shoulder goddess like shape bronze brown and it's this flowy gown and i'm like yes this is what i came for <laughs> this is why i love you so much you look like a goddess i want to have that dress i think it would actually suit me you know like a one shoulder i think it would as well especially with the beautiful red like fro that you have going on right now you just look like an absolute angel and i'll be like yes eat it up girl (laughs) but unfortunately i don't have the money for it but we do get into the maxi challenge finally and uh, honestly speaking i don't have much to say i just want to focus for a moment onto the lyrics of these girls because uh, they come to play you know they came to slay so <laughs> kida uh she has a really cute verse she's singing like this woman is yeah. singing, and uh, she basically talks about spreading your wings and learning how to fly and uh, starting from the bottom now we're here but basically sung <laughs> and then rc moon She's been like, I'm hot shit. I came here to slay because I'm a winner, baby. Then there's Karen verse when she's very carny, funny, and campy. And she talks about getting to RuPaul Drag Race is already a win in itself. And Scarlett is talking about making money and being the best and being hot shit. And like those things are actually quite reflective of the people that we're dealing with because Kita and Karen both have been very sweet and gentle spirits throughout whereas Art and Scarlett were always like very self-conscious about the fact that they were the best and they were doing great and they think that they're hot shit and like you cannot (laughs) fight them on this because they're called a bitch. So why are your thoughts on this maxi challenge? For me, I was very impressed by Kita personally because I was like, I didn't know you could sing. I mean, I did know, but now I know, no. <laughs> but it was just a shame that her Herbert was a little bit short in regards to the singing portion. But I still think that she looked great. I always loved the way that Kida is very animated. And I was just like, you know what? This is probably a pretty good remix, honestly speaking, because we've had a lot of remixes and this is definitely up there in recent times, I would say. You know, I wouldn't hate listening to it on Spotify. I was like, hmm, I'm going to have this in my head for some time to come. And I wasn't keen on the girls' outfits in the performance. It looked a bit random. Uh, But 
it's I guess it's not a girl band challenge, so we don't really need to get into the nitty gritty of that. But one thing I really want to talk about is the runway because you know I'm a fashion queen, and this category was best drag, and I'm telling you. These queens looked hot as shit. I really just want to have a beautiful shout out to our shimmering aquamarine ball gown, which matched the color of her boy hair. It was camp. It was unbelievably gorgeous. And the way that she had the glitter lined eyes and how it all tied in. I, You know, I love the color blue and that color blue, which tinges on green and blue is just absolutely beautiful. And she looked like a punk ass princess and she looked absolutely stunning. And I also really loved um, Kida's look as well because she looked like a vision in white. First of all, you're like, oh, she's a Vegas showgirl. Okay, she's looking a little sexy. She looks cute. All right, all right. But then, bam. The wings come out and she's a motherfucking angel. And I was like, yes, queen, Kita, go off. You look so good. And let me tell you now, that was the best she looked all competition. To be honest with you, what I really enjoyed of both looks, the fact that that blue, that specific blue was used. And that was the blue that I used to have in my hair. You remember? Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. Why didn't I think of that? I don't know. But uh, Karen was also wearing uh, something weird. Like, of, of course, I always end up talking about Karen and Scarlett. This was going to be a conspiracy against me because I always end up talking about Karen and Scarlett. Ah, but they do, uh, <laughs> they are wearing really pretty dresses. And so Karen is wearing this long dress, which is very Kareny and uh, very office vibe. This dress is very long. And... Uh, it has glittery black and silver vertical stripes and they look really good on her. Her makeup is right. The huge glasses are always amazing and uh, they make me want to go to Specsaver and spend some money, honey. And then... Uh, I know, right? And then Scarlett is wearing this pale pink gown with these beautiful flower details and silver diamonds details that are just like they're beautifully placed and then she has some diamond details even in her hair and everything just looks right like if i was to get married i would consider something like that you know but i won't get married because i'm single once the runway comes to an end we do get another emotional moment like you know finales are full of heart and this is literally what we came for the beauty of the finale and that's why we we powered through even if at episode two we wanted to already stop we powered through and um we do get to meet the little boys that these amazing queens used to be so art speaks to the young jack and uh, basically the message that she gives to herself is that it is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. And I guess it's her coming to terms with what Rue said to her at the start of the episode. And uh, I think that Art will find uh, a way to come to terms with the fact that she doesn't have to be a superhero. She is human and she needs help herself in order to not burn out. Karen speaks to little Richard and uh, she basically speaks about her mom passing and uh, the fact that the love that she felt when uh, she was younger will come back. And then uh, Kita speaks to Nick 
And uh, basically the message that she gives to him is to never give up. And uh, Scarlett to little Anthony, she says that they have to own up to their mistakes, but we, we all know it's a lie. So next, go to the next point, which is who should win and why. And I don't think we should talk about what the girl says, but who you think should win and why? I mean, girl, there is one obvious choice, and that is the wonderful Kidamine. And let me tell you why. She has gone from strength to strength in the competition. Uh, in all honesty, she should have won more challenges than she did. She was never in the bottom two, apart from one week, as we know, which was last week. But up until that point, she was never in the bottom. She always consistently placed high. She can sing. She can dance. She's funny. She's camp. She's glamorous. And she's Electroshock's boss. <laughs> so that's why she should win. <laughs> to be honest with you, what I really enjoyed about this episode, I don't know if you have noticed, but Kita has been the narrator throughout. Like, there, there were never as many Kita confessionals as this week. And I really live for them. But I really think as well that because there's two very controversial people in the finale. So those are current and Scarlett. Yep. And uh, Art is not controversial, but she's a plus one. She wasn't directly invited to the party. You are inviting them so that you're not lonely. Right. And I think RuPaul invited her just so that she wouldn't feel lonely. She was never going to win. Oh. So, yeah, I no, think... but you, you know what? It's been an entertaining ride from all of the queens. We've had our fair share of ups and downs. Yeah. But Ru wants to see the girls lip sync. And we are seeing the Queen's lip sync into physical by Olivia Newton-John. Clearly, they learned their lesson from previous uh, episodes. For example, when Kylie and Danny were on and they were like, no, we're not going to let you lip sync to a song by two iconic pop princesses. No. But you know what? They got it right here. And the Queen's must lip sync separately one at a time but obviously editing splices it so it's kind of like they're all lip syncing at the same time just to give us a visual overview of what the queens are doing and what did you think of the girls performances like obviously i think this is a bit of fun anyway right yeah everyone was quite comfy none of them went there to dance they all were about the performance rather than the, the dancing aspect right. of it. And all of them were like very sexual in their innuendos. But I did yeah. love when she came out with the gloves and she was like, let's get oh like, my God. People, like basically like rectal check. And then she started kissing <laughs> the person. I, and then eventually she was like, she blew up the, the gloves and she was like, let's get any more. And she was, using the gloves as a penis. Right. Uh, Kida, I never expected that of him, but... I know, right? So, I was just like, oh, Kida, girl, you are a naughty, feisty little animal, aren't you? It just goes to show, it's always the nice ones that come out with the dirtiest rhymes. I have to say that out of all of the four, I enjoyed her performance the most because it made me laugh. Because yeah. I was like, okay, I was not expecting that. But all of the queens did a good job, you know, because it's not about the dancing, it's about the performance. And they all gave a great performance. We had Art Simone rolling around in her beautiful gown, <laughs> doing her campy fun as she always does. Karen was just being a Karen. 
I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and Scarlet was given a bit more of that sexual, sexual animal vibes. Like she was just like, "Oh, I'm feeling myself. Like, look at me. Like, prowl tiger." And <laughs> who is the winner? Let's try to say it together. The winner. One. Okay, here we go. Two. Three. Kida. Kida. Yeah, well, we said it at the same time, kind of. <laughs> we tried. But you know what? We're so happy because, oh my God, this was the right result. I was so scared that he was going to pick Scarlet. And I was like, please don't do that because Kida is the most consistent girl in this kingdom. And you better give her the crown or I'm going to cry. And also Electroshock's going to cry because she needs her boss to pay her bills. So you know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. You mean. So you guys, you know? this is the end of today's episode and it's the end of the season. And uh, it's been a wild ride, I guess. It's been crazy. Do you think there's going to be a second season? I really hope not. Oh, wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is brutal honesty from Gabby. Um, I, I will give my two cents, right? Yes. I didn't think that this first season was particularly promising. However, there's always a diamond in the rough and maybe they're going to learn from season one and create a much better season two, make it less overproduced. Like they just need to look at UK drag race for inspiration, but still keep that kind of down under like essence. It just needs I'm to be a bit more likable. I'm telling you, you know, who was, uh the down under drag race superstar that we're all looking for. Courtney Act. She already <laughs> found it. She doesn't oh. need to search. Courtney Act. Hello. I know. That's what that's what was so funny. I saw memes about this going around on Facebook when they're like, we're here to find drag races down under's first superstar. And people were like, fuck my drag, right? And <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Courtney is your drag race down under superstar. That she should already be like in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. She's like, got a compli- complicated relationship with uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, though. So unfortunately, they are her and Ru are not friends at all. So it's very unlikely we'll see her on All Stars. Oh, I know, and it's very upsetting because she would. Be. It is because I, I like Courtney. I like me some Courtney. She's great. You guys, you've been on the us, and uh, we love we love to hear your thoughts we want you to follow us on uh chickstock and drag underscore the pod and uh, yes please come around and check us out on drag race espana which is coming out every week and thank you very much don't forget to watch rupal drag race down under on stan australia tv and z while present anywhere house in the world and of course bbc3 and bbc iplayer in the uk